Unshaken is a discipleship podcast that exists to edify and encourage all believers in Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, the Apostle Paul writes, Be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. By His divine power, Jesus has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So let's consider together how we might spur one another on towards love and good works. Join us as we talk about various topics, including the work of the ministry, the many joys and challenges of the Christian life, and the Holy Spirit whom Jesus promised would guide us into all truth. We continue today in Walter Chantry's book, The Shadow of the Cross, picking up in chapter 6, titled, The Christian Ministry and Self-Denial. Well, back after two plus... Yeah, it was like two or three weeks. weeks. You want to go ahead and uh, share with our listeners what we've been up to? Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's, it's a good busy. We, I, I was on vacation, then I got back after my wife and I needed much time off the island. And then right when I got back, we have this ministry called Reach, and it's using basketball to uh, share the gospel of Christ with boys and girls between the ages of 9 and 18. So we started it on the 12th and went one, six days to the 17th, but it was just very physically demanding. We, we had close to 100-plus kids in the clinic and um, teaching them fundamentals, and then, of course, each day getting the chance to share, whether through testimony, what we call team bonding, where the coaches will sit down and kind of determine where these kids are at spiritually and finding out what's going on with their lives and then asking them some questions. And then, of course, the last day, which is Saturday, giving them an opportunity to receive Christ as their Savior and their Lord, and we had a handful of kids do that and some rededication. So real exciting. It was a lot of fun, but it's, it is very physically demanding you know on your feet for six seven eight hours and running up and down the court with these stallions when we're more like uh mules <laughs> i am <laughs> and uh but it's, yeah, it's, it's it's a good kind of physical it was great yeah. seeing all the kids come out especially after a, a year off of yes. basically mm-hmm. you know being home because of the pandemic and it's just nice to be back out you know yeah. running around and and doing normal things and we had a we had a pretty big turnout, right? One of the, yeah. the biggest here. Yeah, and, and the neat thing and what was really uh, impressive was the fact that close to two-thirds of those that participated were first-timers, which has never happened. Yeah. So obviously, somehow in God's providence, you know, word got out, and, uh, and the kids were excited. They had fun. We got really good response by both kids and parents, and looking forward to next year. We have another year, and God allows us to do it again, so... But yeah, it's a we in our 16th season, so it's it's been a real joy. Of course, the guys from Cali come out, our yeah. dir- directors, and they're a lot of fun. Shout so, out yeah. to Rick and Sherwin and yeah. Milt, DC, all you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so much fun having them around, right? Yeah. And they they're just a, whole, a bunch of crack ups yeah. for sure. <laughs> bunch, of, bunch of knuckleheads like like all of us. God uses crackpots for His glory. So <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> oh man, yeah. and and then yeah, I, I got to. Um, help out and, yep. and coach and of course it was just a busy week all yeah. around for me i was trying to help and assist with the clinic and then also putting together a, a message for uh, the, yep. the following sunday night which i which i gave on john 17 and then uh, in between all of that on on saturday the 17th i i finally proposed to uh, my now fiance 
Jake's Lynn Kim. <laughs> and man, I'm, she said yes. So we're, we're, we're engaged. And uh, I'm excited and just Neat. totally in love and uh, looking forward to what God has. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, you know, you think about the institution of marriage, you know, with the exception of getting saved, that, that is the best thing you can enter into. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Some people think not, but it is when yeah. when you do it in the right way and do it in Christ and allowing Him by the Spirit to lead and direct your marriage and your relationship. It's it's enriching, you know. Mm-hmm. Not it's not that it's not challenging. You don't have issues. You sure. do, but that's because we're sinners saved by grace. Yeah. But nonetheless, it is so rewarding. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's been busy. It's been creative. Of course, I'm preparing two studies. I have to teach at a uh, guest speaker at a church this Sunday and then coming back here and starting Sunday nights at our church. So and yeah, we got busy. we have, you know, a couple of celebrations of life. Yeah. You know, a lot going on in the church. Yeah. Um a, a lot that are you know, a lot of good things and and then just, you know, allowing people time to, to grieve and mourn over yeah. over lost ones yeah. and loved ones as well. Because uh just unfortunate but so many lives being lost. Yeah. And this time, yep. and we we want to be there for them and continue to love and support and shine the light of Christ yep. when we can. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna jump right back into yep. our chapter from a couple of weeks ago, chapter six, titled "The Christian Ministry and Self Denial." Yep. We're gonna pick up at the bottom of page sixty today, mm-hmm. and uh, Walter Chantry writes: "Self importance and lording it over others is a shameful reality." among modern ministers. Many young Christians have been seriously injured by the imperious ways of elders. And this is the theme of our talk yep. today. We're, we're getting into the, the, the pastors and elders of the church and the things that we do that mm-hmm. will directly and indirectly affect uh, the sheep yep. in, in the sheepfold that, yep. that is the, the people in the church. And one of the questions that I wrote down for us today is, and, and for you to answer, help me answer is, how do we counsel those who've been hurt by the church? How do we uh, minister to them and share with them and make them realize that the church is a place of broken people yeah. in need of God's grace? It's not it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to run into conflict. We're going to we're going to have uh, shortcomings and failures mm-hmm. just like everyone else. And how do we move past you know, the, the wrongdoings that, that occur within the church and even from, from the top down, come, sure. coming from leadership. So, um, yeah, we'll start there and then we'll, we'll, we'll make our way. Hopefully we can uh, get through the rest of this chapter this afternoon. Yeah, I, I feel, you know, the, the issue with um, being in ministry, of course, is you're a pastor. And I really focus on what Paul wrote in First Timothy chapter 3 about the qualifications of an overseer, bishop, or a pastor. And the things that he wrote there are extremely important because he lays down the characteristics and the type of person we should be uh, in that position we're called to do. You know, hospitable, gentle, not given over to money, you know, greed, and all that kind of other things. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, the church is filled with sinners, including ourselves. But God has hold, held us and hold us up to a higher standard. And why we've been talking about in this book is so important self-denial is you have to put aside your own considerations when you are talking with people because it's very easy to allow your opinions and yourself to get involved with counseling somebody without having sensitivity and the thought of what you might say could offend them 
and right. could injure them. Right. And it happens more often than it should. Uh, dealing with and I, and I tell people, yeah, the hurt church hurt me. And I tell them, listen, the church is not perfect, including right. those that are involved in the work of ministry. You have to look beyond that and be in a place to where you're going to best benefit as far as your spiritual growth, your fellowship, your involvement in the work of ministry yourself by getting, you know, getting serving in ministry. But some people are damaged goods, and they leave the church permanently. And that is um, a travesty when you see that happen, where they lose, they lose faith and lose sight and confidence because of something that should not have happened has happened. And, of course, there's degrees to that. Some things are not so severe. Mm-hmm. Others are extremely severe, especially when advice is given to them and it's the wrong advice and it's done de- um, deliberately or maliciously, and that person gets hurt, whether financial, even sometimes um, through a sickness, they're told something and it works otherwise, and that happens. You know, a person dies or becomes permanently disabled because of wrong counsel that was given by misusing and abusing the scriptures. So yeah. you, you have to, uh, for me as a pastor, who have been doing this a long time, they are important, and the sheep are the ones that we have to care and tend for, and they're sheep, if you think about it, they're, as the Bible tells us, they're, they're not very intelligent animals. Mm-hmm. You know, a sheep falls into a ditch, they can't get themselves out, they'll die. If you don't lead a sheep to water, it won't drink. It'll, it'll you know, it'll die of thirst. So that's kind of like what we have to take into consideration when we're taking care of the people God's put into our, our oversee, to oversee. We have to have extreme care, but again, that's where self-denial comes in. We have to put ourselves aside for the sake of making sure what we say, um, and sometimes it does. I mean, the thing about it, the Word of God is going to offend. And, and when we're dealing with somebody that's, let's say, living in sin, mm-hmm. um, it, it's making sure we address that properly. Yeah. And like the Bible yeah. says, Paul says, speaking the truth in love. So, yeah, it's, it's not an easy subject. That's a, that's a good question. That's not an easy one to try to, to um, heal somebody that's been hurt severely from the church. Right. And that's why we, we always stress the importance of prayer yep. and getting into the Word yep. of God. Yep. We pray asking God to give us give us your words to speak, yep. not ours. Yep. And then as we speak and as we speak the scriptures mm-hmm. from, from knowing them and studying them, now we have authority. Yep. We have power. Yes. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not our words no. that offends them. Yep. If they get offended and hurt, yeah. then we need to point it all back to, well, this is the word of yes. God. And <laughs> don't shoot us the messenger. Yeah. We're, we're just trying to yep. share this with you in love. Because because we care about you. Yeah. And that's why, like you said, you know, it is God's word and so much more important as us being a staff full time in ministry, knowing from book to book the balance of scripture, because we can't give out what we don't know. And I mm. think that sometimes is the danger is that we give out things through conjecture and assumption, but not biblically. And yeah. you we, we have to know yeah. that's why you gotta study, you gotta read. Um, repetition teaches a donkey that old saying, and we need to be taught, especially we have been called to such a higher accountability. That's why James says, you know, let not there be many teachers for greater is your judgment or stricter is your judgment. So why did he say that? Well, because you're called to know the word of God Mm -hmm. and you got to make sure you're giving out the proper information so that people can get encouraged, blessed, convicted, but not be cut apart by a word as as some kind of sword. You know, And we're his representatives, his ambassadors. We don't want to, misrepresent yes exactly. and give them a wrong mm-hmm. idea a wrong picture of who christ is yes so he he says here on page 61 
At times there come challenges to issues of truth and righteousness, which are vital to the glory of God and the well-being of the flock. Then pastors must know how to be insistent in their opposition to immorality and heresy. Their prophetic voices should thunder and their feet hold firm. But all issues are not so essential. Neither mm. should a severe authoritative stance be the characteristic feature of a pastor's bearing. Mm. Man, that's... That's almost, I, I look at that paragraph right there, and you can kind of break it up into, into two parts, mm -hmm. right? Sure. The, the uh, standing firm against mm -hmm. immoralities and heresies mm -hmm. without any compromise, and then the second thing being, you know, yeah. the, the distinguishing between the essential doctrines yeah. and the non-essentials. Yeah. So I guess what would, you, what would you say in regards to, to the first thing, the first idea here, because... We're seeing so much, mm -hmm. so much um, compromising in the yep. church by uh, pastors, yep. especially today, when it comes to immorality, yep. heresy, kind of justifying certain mm -hmm. things and, and making allowances yep. for things that Scripture clearly states is wrong and yep. is sin. Yeah, we we cannot in any way compromise, and like we had mentioned earlier, the Word of God will offend. And, mm -hmm. um, and so if they take offense, it's not toward us, it's to what God's word says. But we have to stand firm, just like Jude says, you know, making a defense for the faith that was delivered to the saints once for all. Like Ezekiel said, I looked for one to stand together for righteousness, but I couldn't find any. And I think that's where we're at right now in our, in the spiritual temperature within the congregation and within, even with pastors, is that they're not willing to stand the gap for righteousness. So they're, they're accepting things simply because, well, it's the 21st century. We have to be culturally relevant. Yeah. And I'm sorry, no, yeah. we don't. The Bible is the relevancy that we use to justify things that are happening within the culture, not the, the other way around. And that's why we see such a confusion with our generation, the younger generation, when it comes to, well, what is Christianity? Mm -hmm. What are you guys all about? Mm -hmm. And so when you have churches that are ordaining um women in the ministry, and I know that's a very sensitive and controversial topic, but I'm right. only going about the word says, when we approve same-sex marriage, uh, when we approve living together, things such as that, that it sends a really terrible message about what the gospel is all about, and we can't do that. So we have to stand firm as pastors, and we will get our feet taken out from under us because they we're not lining ourselves up with what the culture says is correct for them. Well, it doesn't matter what's correct for you. It's what the Word of God says. Because at mm -hmm. the end of the day, when I stand before God, my only He's going to ask me, what did I do with this? Did I compromise or did I stand in truth for the gospel in regards of the persecution or the ridicule or the misunderstanding that will come against me? And that's okay. And But yet we see more and more people giving into that stuff. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, it's a shame. You know, I, I mean... I've been a Christian 42 years. Believe me, I never thought I would see the condition, the state of the church as it is today, this bad. It, and it's, I don't care when yeah. it, it's bad. Yeah. Um, and so in that, yes, we have to stand firm. And the other one, you have to learn to pick and choose your battles. There's certain things that, you know, we, we make mountains out of molehills and we get into these um, strong debates. And they're really, to me, you have to, you have to be aware of Satan's tactics. He likes to get you caught up in things that are not really relevant when it comes to Scripture. And all Scripture is relevant when I'm talking about getting to deep debates and arguments with people 
and that occupy all your time. And then when you're done, you go, what in the heck did I just spend two hours talking with this person over something that really could have been done and ended in five or ten minutes? Right. And I learned that lesson when I ran and was involved with evangelism with my home church in Cali and how he would tie us up with people that had no... They had no concern about salvation, but they just want to argue for the sake of arguing. <laughs> and they would tie you up for 45 minutes and kill your time when you can be talking to other people that would like to hear what you have to say. And so I learned that lesson a long time ago, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to discern what is being said. Is this person sincere, or they just want to argue for the sake of arguing? And I think you have to be, you know, you have to be uh, on top of that as well. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about the non-essential issues, too, is those are the things that really divide the church. Yep. Exactly. And it's so unfortunate because we fail to recognize a lot of times that, oh, that, that local church down the road there, we actually share a lot in common. Sure. We actually believe the same essential mm -hmm. doctrines, but disagree slightly on the non-essential yep. doctrines. And because of that, we're, we're, not, we're not partnering together. Yeah. We're not coming together yep. for prayer and things like this yep. for, for the community, you yes. know, the community that we both are located in and it's, it's sad and it's unfortunate. And that's something that's been on my heart lately because, you know, the devil, Satan, he loves, he loves to see, uh, churches not, not cooperating yeah, and not division. working together. The, yeah. yeah the division, division and, 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 and it, why, I mean, Paul is very clear in Ephesians, one faith, one Lord, one baptism, That's one it. God, one body. Yeah. And although we may not see eye to eye, like you said, on the non-essentials, but if we believe that Jesus Christ is the way of salvation, we believe in the, the Trinity of God, um, it, it is that's we should be able to partner and, and work together for a common goal and cause, and that is to see people come into the kingdom Amen. to work. Um, and that's what is so en enriching is when you work with other, non other churches that are outside your own, there, it's, it's a blessing because there, it's fresh. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's different. It's mm -hmm. fresh. I mean, going to, like, international, you know, you came to the Philippines, and it's so neat to work, even though their calories are so very different from what we are used to, and thus it's a refreshment to be able to work with them and see how they operate in getting the gospel out yeah. and yeah. being able to come together as one and working for the common goal and cause of getting the word of God to see people get saved. Mm. That's all that matters. And it's the, it's the same spirit. Yep. Oh, that's what, yeah. that's what gives me the, the chicken skin, you know, is like sure. see, seeing this person, this brother or sister in Christ for the first time and just knowing we're on the same yep. team. We yep. serve the same living God. Yep. And, you know, we that may be the first and last yep. time we see each other on this earth in, in our lifetimes. But, man, what a joy it is to, yep. to get to work together and what's like what's that. really um to me that's really um enlightening is when you meet them as but and you work start working together it's like you've known them for 50 years yeah you know what i'm yeah. saying that's oh. that kindred spirit exactly and it's just like man even though you just met it's like you've known each other for a long time and you work together mm -hmm. for a long time but although you haven't right. it's just uh coming right. together like you said denying yourself and working for the common goal and cause and that is mm -hmm. god and when you do mm -hmm. that Everything else is is non-essential, right, you know, right. uh, what we think, what we do, what we believe in the sense of the fact that we're working with this person who has the same belief that we do, right. you know what I mean? It's, right. And it's really refreshing. Just like with Reach, one of the things that guys, we all talked about, which was so neat, and Milt said it, and so did Rick, he said, this is the first clinic we've done in a long time that we really felt the move of the Holy Spirit, and we all sense that, hmm. just by what we saw and the things that were shared, it was like there was like a unity, a unification of the messages that were shared in the testimonies, and in Rick 
and Sherwin and Milt talking with the kids, we saw just like dots. And, and that's one thing we talked about on Friday. Like, man, this is the first clinic. We really felt the presence of the Holy Spirit moving. Mm. And we saw it, you know, and it's, 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 it got me like, like the chicken skin. I'm like, man, you know, you're right. It yeah. So it was so cool. Yeah. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. Page 62 and the, the middle paragraph on that page, mm -hmm. he writes, self-inflated leaders of God's flock poke their noses into Christian's personal business <laughs> beyond all reasonable bounds of decency and prudence. Pastors by counseling and visitation at times give directives and advice in matters that should not concern them. Okay. Uh, uh, as, as we get into this uh, new topic, thoughts, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, that's something that I'm, I'm already running into, yeah. you know, as someone still fairly new to the ministry. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's easy to get yeah. overly involved in, in a situation yeah. when it's like, we don't need to know all those details. Yeah, really I, for myself, that that's something that I think early on in ministry you you do think and and it's sincere, because you care about a person, but sometimes you you get into um, a conversation or a counseling that is something that you know that hey this is something I should not even venture into, and it's like having the Moses mentality, you know, like you're handling everything, and so now for example if you know, a woman has an issue of wanting to talk with a pastor, then I will tell them, you know, you probably be better off calling our women's ministry and talking to a lady. Mm. They have much more of a relatability uh, for your situation than I would because I'm a guy. Not that I can't give you biblical counsel, but I think you're going to need more of a personal input as well from the biblical counseling. So I, I usually refer them over to that. Um, I don't do visitations um, for the danger of, you know, I'm not going to walk into somebody's home uh i learned that decades ago you don't do that if you do you take somebody with you for accountability and um i had a, a good friend of mine that did that and in all sincerity wanted to help somebody this marriage couple that were having severe marital problems but long story short he ended up um having sexual liaisons with the wife because the wife began to be attracted to him because he was she was getting from him what the husband wasn't giving him and because of the flirtation, he didn't bring himself out of that situation, and he ended up falling. And through that falling, he gave up the ministry. So that's why, and this person I know, I told him, do not ever do home visitations. If you do, take somebody with you. I'm not saying rule it out. Sometimes it's a crisis. You have to. Um, but if so, make sure you, you have somebody with you so that you're accountable to, and he never did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this married man had three kids, wow. and it was it was terrible, you know, so... He called me and told me what happened. I wanted to slap him in the head. I was so upset. I mean, very angry and said, what are you doing, dude? Mm. All the stuff that I, I shared with you and you still thought you could handle the situation on your own. Well, no, you can't because, you know, the flesh is, uh, spirit is one, but the flesh is weak. Yeah. And he found himself in a compromising position. But, yeah, I, I, you have to be careful. I mean, people will take what you say face value. You know what I'm saying? And... um we know we should know what is within our i don't want to say jurisdiction but within that scope of what we need to tell somebody and counsel with and when we don't and we have to be careful you know 
you just got to be careful in those areas. Yeah. It's and I think that's totally wise. I know sometimes there's that pressure to feel the need to take on all of these uh, issues that, that come mm-hmm. up. But mm-hmm. like but like you were saying, God provides other people yep. in the church. He does. Uh, people that we, we trust mm-hmm. and we can pass pass it off yeah. to, knowing that, okay, you know, so-and-so mm-hmm. will we'll counsel you and we'll take care of you yeah. and we'll, we'll hear you out yeah. and, and we... You know, we handle what we what yeah. we can. Like you know? I've, I've had people come and say, you know, I have a question about money matters. But you know what? Better you talk to Chris. <laughs> I do. I mean, yeah. not that I can, but he has much more of a handle on money matters. Somebody has come to me and said, hey, can I ask you a question about sound? Uh, well, what about what? And then they'll go, well, no, you need to go talk to you or Corey mm-hmm. that has much more of the technical end. I go, I'm just a, you know, I learned on my own. I don't have the technical um, skill right. of the intricacies of that. So you need to go talk either Corey or John, you know? Yeah. Um, so I know within what I can do and cannot do, um, and I don't want to ever say something to somebody that is that leads them down the wrong path. That's wrong advice, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't want to go, well, you know, I talked to Pastor so-and-so, and he told me this, which was way out of my, you know, place to say something. So I, I now we have so many people, like you said, provinces are safety in a multitude of counselors, you know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. there's a lot of people that have can do what we do uh, in other areas that, that they're more qualified than us. Yeah. Even though they're not pa- – and that's the problem. That's the problem because if you're not a pastor and they want advice, they feel that the best advice they're going to get is from a pastor. And that's not, that's not always true. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people yeah. in the church that are very mature Christians that have a really good foundation and a grasp of the Word of God, and those people can do just an adequate, if not a better job than us, in certain areas that we know are not so inept in. Right. And, but that's – we have the title – so they think we know everything spiritually, and we don't. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I see the church too as like a, almost a rehab center kind of yeah. a kind of a thing. And and there's people in the church, and not necessarily the pastors who who've been through things, yep. you know, who've experienced sure. and exactly. overcome, you know, similar addictions or or you know spiritual struggles, financial hardship, yep. and I believe God allows those things to happen sure. so that they can now return the favor yep. and, and help and walk, you know, walk alongside those that are currently mm-hmm. struggling and going through those same situations, things that maybe you or, you know, myself yep. would, would have a really hard time relating to. Yeah. I mean, Paul talks about that in Corinthians, you know, that God comforts us with the comfort with which we can comfort others with. Yes. And we all go through different um, aspects of God's comfort in us, depending on what the situation might be. Like you're saying, it could be, Drug addiction overcome, alcohol problem overcome, addiction to pornography overcome, addiction with anger, mm. and you know, and maybe in those areas, some of those areas, we're, we we've never had those struggles, you know, with alcohol addiction or drug addiction or, or um, you know, anger and stuff like that. So, and there's people I'm sure we know that have gone through that and seen where they're at in Christ now and said, hey, you know, you we know some you can talk to. You. Yeah. They've gone through that. They've gone exactly what you're going through now. That would be the best person to go address the situation that you're facing mm-hmm. and you can go talk to that person. Yeah. Yeah. I always had this idea. Um, I don't know if I ever brought it up before, but I, I always thought it would be neat to one Sunday have a, you know, a pile of white shirts uh, in front of the church as people walk in and, and they take one and with a black Sharpie or something like that, they just write on that shirt, you know, a general uh, thing that they struggle, they have either struggled with or struggled mm-hmm. with in the past and 
you know, as we come into church and we, we put these t-shirts on and we look around and, and we're reminded of the brokenness that yeah. is here and, and how God through Christ has redeemed and restored. Mm-hmm. But also like you're saying, man, now we can visually see for ourselves and, and maybe even match up and partner with sure. those who have similar, you know, words mm-hmm. or verbiage on their, on their t-shirts. Uh, it's, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a thought. I think it would be, kind of neat to to see that because yeah when we when we come to church i know on on sundays people are putting on their best faces and sure that's not that's not what the gathering is all about it's yeah. it's about you know confronting the fact that hey i'm <laughs> i'm a bad person saved yep. by a good god yep. and and how we are daily in need of of his grace and yep. his mercy his forgiveness and and praising him and celebrating yep. the fact that he's overcome yep I, lo- I would love to see, and I've known, you know, we've talked about it a long time ago, like having uh, a testimony service. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go up there long, but share where you came from and what God did for you. Yeah. Because that serves as such an encouragement for people that may be out there struggling and really discouraged and, and disappointed because they're not experiencing the depth of their relationship with God as they would like to. But when you're somebody else, mm-hmm. talk about, you know, where they came from what God did and how blessed they have been and how it has bolstered and increased their faith in God and trust in God, that's a good source of encouragement, you know? I mean, we used to have that periodically when I was in Kentucky. We'd have maybe a few people go up and share the testimony. And it always, you know, it was so enlightening and so encouraging to hear different stories Mm -hmm. of what God had done in somebody else's life. Yeah, I've appreciated that about our our Wednesday nights recently in in this last... Uh, quarter on relating relationships mm-hmm. yeah yeah, you yeah, know, yeah just bringing bringing sure. different couples up and they're sharing their their story yep. how how their marriage has has gone over the years mm-hmm. you know for anything anything from blended families to you know getting married uh, at a young age mm-hmm. right with with christ already sure. at the center mm-hmm. and the the unequally yoked relationship yep. and and so on and so forth but yeah, so great listening and, and being encouraged by people in the body who, who've been through stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they share um, how God has worked in mm-hmm. it and through it. Yep. I like what he says, too, at the bottom of page 62, top of 63. I think mm-hmm. this is very important. He says, involved, too, is an audacity which decides that inv- that advancement in sanctification must be made at once. <laughs> But no elder has been called to chart the timetable of growth in grace. Mm-hmm. Bob, this is something that I personally, I'll confess now, I've, I, I, I've struggled with this. I think I continue to struggle. But mm-hmm. God has given me grace to, to see a little bit better. You know, he's given me his eyes mm-hmm. to see that, you know what, we're not all on the same no. trajectory when it comes to sanctification yep. and growing in grace. Yep. And for me... It's it's hard because I've you know I've grown up in that Christian home. Mm-hmm. I feel like I I understood and had a good handle on on the gospel at a young age, and now to be, you know, grown up in my you know <coughs> late twenties, mm-hmm. looking and, and observing for myself what's happening in the lives of other believers, it's it's gotten real easy for me to sort of scrutinize, mm-hmm. and and think to myself like. Man, you should just know better already. Yeah. Why? Why are you still yeah. doing this and that? Yeah. And recognizing that you know what, 
how about I just praise God for the fact that they're here? Yeah. Praise God for the fact that, you know what, it may be a slow, mm-hmm. arduous process, but but there is sanctification yeah. taking place. Yeah, and that's, you know, and in fact, it's funny because I'm only doing an introduction and in, in the first five verses of First Peter chapter 1, and one of the verses talks about sanctification, you know, by the Spirit, and mm. which is which is so key because the growth of sanctification in your life and mine is the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's a process that from the time you get saved is when sanctification began until the time you die. Right. And, and everybody's different in their growth. And, and the thing about it is when you go on to read further in that verse, he says obedience and the blood of Jesus Christ, which speaks about the, the importance of sanctification within your life and mine by the Holy Spirit is is for one thing is to bring us to obedience to Christ, you know, walking in the ways that He wants us to go, so yeah. that we can experience His forgiveness all the time. And yeah, sometimes it is frustrating when you see Christians doing things you f- and you say to yourself, "What in the world are they doing? Don't they know that's wrong?" But everybody has a different perspective and handle of understanding God's word. Mm-hmm. We are pastors, so we have. I would think, a really good grasp on things that we know right from wrong. Um, and maybe they do, but they don't have the depth of the obedience right. within their life. And so they struggle with certain things. And I'm sure if we sat down and talked with them, they would probably tell you how bad they feel that they're struggling with this. And I've talked with people. You know what? I, I know this is what I shouldn't do, but I just can't, I can't um, get beyond that. And yeah. then you start talking with them, well, how much time are you spending in the Word? Mm-hmm. How much time are you praying? And what else other things are you caught up in that are causing you to be divided within your walk with God? And then they begin to tell you what they're doing. And yeah. then now you can pinpoint the reasons why and then encourage them, but you can't do this. You've got to get away from that. Who are you hanging around with? Mm. You know, Paul writes, evil company corrupts good habits. You know, yeah. all of these things, but yet they don't have the depth of that understanding. Why? Because most Christians that are really struggling in areas of whether you want to say compromise or not being loyal in their walk is because they're not spending the time they need in, to spend in the, in the Word of God. That's right. I mean, That's right. you got to spend time in God's Word. It's like you and I know, you know, we, we got to eat food to, to be physically <laughs> nourished, right? Well, we got to be in the Word of God to be spiritually nourished. That's even, spiritual food, Even yeah. much more, especially yeah. today. Oh, yeah. You know, right now, today, and my heart breaks is because I see so many people that are not having an urgency to really understand how close we are to the possible rapture of the church. Mm-hmm. With all of these things going on, because I'm watching, you know, and hearing what's happening with not just the pandemic, but the cataclysmic events that are going on all over the world. It's like, man, you know what? God is sending warning. He's shaking things up. But instead we see the entertainment industry just booming. Yep. Right? Every every yep. little bit of distraction yep. people are, are chasing after yep. because... They they just want to avoid, yep. you know, talking about yep. uh, the real the real stuff, yep. and that's that's the big tactic of Satan today that has caught a lot of people in it, and including Christians is distractions. The mm-hmm. deception he uses through distractions and through the false teaching, yeah. diluting the scriptures. And look at look how many people, even Christians today, caught up in this whole virus and vaccine issue. And I'm not saying it's not it is, and the political and economical and and the you know, divide that we see in our country, right? All of this stuff. But the problems we're facing in this nation, in the world, we know is spiritual. Yeah. And Satan is keeping everybody's eyes off of that and putting on the non-essentials. 
And so when things go down, people are going to be caught unaware. Yeah. I hate I hate to say that, but you know, it, but it's true. Look at what's going on, and the enemy is very good at distractions, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but like you said, you know, um, everybody's different on their growth in their relationship with God. I just wish people would take their walk with God more serious. Yeah. Not think that we have a lot of time. You know, oh, well, my dad talked about, you know, Jesus coming again. You've heard that excuse so many times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, my, that, that, that's me. My <laughs> pastor has talked yeah. about the coming of the Lord. Well, check it out. Peter thought, talked about it back in his time, mm-hmm. you know, 2,000 years ago. So if he's talking about it in his time, then how much closer are we today? Yeah. Much more closer. Yeah. And so that's why Christ said, you know, uh, look up, your redemption is drawing near. We don't mm-hmm. know when it's going to happen, but the idea was be ready. Yeah. And another thing for, for our listeners here is when it comes to trying to identify where someone's at in their sanctification and making a, a judgment call on it, let's please, please, please just try and stay away from taking it to the nth degree and now trying to draw conclusions on, on whether or not someone is saved. Yeah, I th- not, you know, yeah. I mean, I've been guilty of that too, but that's... That's just not healthy. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Uh, you don't benefit from yeah. from those kind of conversations going back and forth, or mm-hmm. you know, is so and so saved or not? Oh, you know, I look at his yeah. life and yeah, I don't. I don't really think so. But then he said this or did that, and yeah. oh, maybe he is. It, it's you know, God only knows. Yeah. And what we what we ought to do is just encourage that yeah. person, pray for that yeah. person, exactly. And and God is. God is sovereign, man. Yeah. He's gonna He's gonna take care of that. Yeah, you don't want them to become a casualty, but you want them to stay in God's family still. Yeah. And we can be part of the process. You know, like you like you were saying, either process of for the benefit or not for that person. And like you said, you know, human instinct is to always look on the other side. You know, the the bad side, the negative side. Mm-hmm. But yet, thank the Lord. You know, when He looks at us, He's He's always looking at the good stuff in us. You know what I mean? Yeah. He could look at all the bad stuff, and, and we would be jacked up pretty bad. You know, yeah. we would have marks and scars and missing arms and legs, but he doesn't do that. Right. You know, he continues to um, look at us and look at all the good qualities we, he has, we have because he wants to use that for his benefit. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's good. I like what he says in the middle of page 63. I know we have to move on. It says, predominant in an elder's bearing toward the sheep must be patience and meekness in his service. An exemplary walk must be his. Elders should be examples and should be and samples, even in lowliness of mind and kindness. And you know, I, I think that is so important uh, in the midst of how busy we can get in the work of ministry. And you know, Sundays we're running around and trying to get things done. But the bottom line is, you know, we have to be that example to those people that come through the doors of this place. Yeah. But they want to see the love. They want to see the fact that we care about them. They want to see the walk, you know, how we walk. I mean, I enjoy, you know, when I look at Christianity, I, I want to have fun. You know, <laughs> I, I, I just want to be able to be myself, but without, um, you know, uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? Without, you know, not being... Um, proper in my calling as a as a pastor yeah you know i want to be me but represent who i am in the same way mm-hmm. and so because you know how i am i'm just me you know out there but i want to enjoy my christianity but the one thing is that sticks out like what he says here elders should be an examples in loneliness of mind and kindness and that goes a long way when people can see and and, and feel your kindness toward them you know that love 
and the genuineness that you have about what's going on within their life. That goes a long yeah. way. You know what yeah. I mean? And you know what I what I've seen in myself, a noticeable difference is when I get here on Sunday mornings and I allow I allow myself that time. Mm-hmm. Like I get here not not on time, but I get here early mm-hmm. and even maybe like an hour early and, and being intentional and spending some time with the Lord mm-hmm. in prayer, even sure. with a few brothers here. Mm-hmm before we get into any sort of ministry ministry related things mm-hmm. and interceding and asking God to just fill us yep. Lord to to be in a, in us in our hearts and in mm-hmm. our minds all around us and I see such a mm-hmm. difference sure now after doing that and and as I engage with the people in the body with volunteers and, mm-hmm. and whoever it is I, I see a huge difference compared to if, I were to just barely make it here on time, and now I'm just jumping right into you know getting to worship practice and hitting all mm-hmm. the things that we need to hit. Um, yeah, and and I know prayer is like you said before. It's it's the it's the lifeline. It is. It's it's the heartbeat of the yep. church, and without it, um, you know we're we're going ahead of God mm-hmm. really without without His, um inclusion and yeah that that doesn't typically go well yeah if we say the church is god's then we have to do everything that represents what that means Mm -hmm. and i know looking back and we study scripture and we can see examples whether it be in daniel or nehemiah you know or joseph paul christ mainly they were prayer warriors they prayed over everything and concerning everything and you saw the fruit of the labors of what they did. And you saw how they were able to handle trials and, and disappointments, um, challenges. I mean, Paul, the beatings he went through, but yet, you know, he said these are light afflictions, which are for, but for a moment. Well, how does God, a guy say that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, all the things he went through physically, which Galatians talks about, I bear on my body the marks of Christ, right? But how could he say that? I think he was so connected to Jesus in prayer that nothing else mattered but just his life surrounded by whom he loved and worshipped. And I believe that happened because he was connected so much to God through prayer. And I look at our ministry, and, you know, that's something that we need to do even more so as well, you know, is to pray. I mean, mean, we pray, but do we pray enough? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you can never not pray enough, but still you can, but we need to start somewhere. Yep. And to pray together as a staff, to pray for God's direction and everything that we talk about doing, are those the things that God wants us to do? Mm-hmm. And if we never seek the counsel of God, then to me, then what we do, and I'm not saying what we do is, is we, we, I'm sure Pastor Darrell prays, I'm, sh- I'm sure everybody prays, but I'm talking about collectively praying for events and activities yeah. and things that we want to do lord is this do we are we all on the same page do we agree you know and that's important to me because if we're staff one thing that we want to have amongst all of us is unity yeah cohesion yes and 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 if we don't agree with certain something that wants to go happen then our opinion should be heard and the reason why yeah and then we go from there whether we may be you know outdone or outnumbered that's fine but at least the respect of, mm-hmm. hey, why do you feel that this is something we shouldn't do? Well, here's the reason why. And at least you're heard. And at least right. you feel that you got respected. 
in the fact that this is why I feel that we shouldn't do this at this time or why we shouldn't do this event, so on and so forth. Right. And I think right. that's, in ministry, I think that's so important, you know, in what we do. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, on on 63, loneliness of, my, of mind, mm-hmm. uh, kindness, yep. and uh, patience, meekness, yep. and then 64, to be imitators of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. he says he was feared by the Pharisees, mm-hmm. whose mouths he stopped. So speaking with, with authority mm-hmm. and confidence, and yep. then he was also meek and lowly of heart to sinners, approachable by mm-hmm. outcasts and children. And like you said, you know, in, in being present with God's people, it's yep. making ourselves approachable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this is something that I think I could work on. It, it really depends sometimes on what's what's going on any given Sunday and, mm-hmm. and the time that we have in between. But, yeah, I try I try to make it a point not to... Uh, be inapproachable, yeah. especially as like worship leaders. People sometimes can look at us as, oh, this these rock stars. You know, they come out on stage, <laughs> play a few tunes, yeah. and then and then they go backstage, and you you don't see them, you know, yeah. in the morning yeah. at all. Just you know, in and around the church, and I, I do want to be more yeah. uh, approachable and understanding. Yeah, where people are at mm-hmm. in in their walks and and how I can be praying for them and you know just doing life with each other, catching yeah. up and and yeah. hearing about our weeks and and what God's been doing. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of uh, to me, a lot of it has to do with you know one's own personality and character. You know, some people are not comfortable mm-hmm. around others, and you know, to me in the ministry, it's something that you should work on. Yeah, if for you're sure. not, you should because you are a people. Per- ministry is people. Pe- uh, uh, to be a people person, you're going to be around people. And people matter. And to know the heartbeat of the congregation of the people, you have to interact with them. So not everybody is, that's something that is natural with them, something they have to work on, but there has to be a starting point, like you said. And to me, approachability begins with with us. We approach the people. Mm-hmm. And when they see the fact that, hey, that's he's a pastor, but he wants to come talk to me, that breaks down a lot of walls. And yeah. I, you know, like I said, for myself, I'm just, I don't look at my title as as, as something that should be, um, regarded as why I can't go talk with people. Right. And I think just for, I'm talking for myself specifically, because I'm so comfortable with the people, they respect who I am as a pastor, but yet they feel comfortable with me as a person. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a blessing because now I can talk with them. They are free to talk with me, yet respect who I am as a person sure. full-time in ministry. Sure. And so I'm able to make a lot of friends in the church, get yeah. to know a lot of people. They're, they're open to talk with me about stuff. And that's a blessing. Yeah, and not everybody is like that. I, I no. as a kid, that's the way I've been. My mother used yeah. to tell me, you know, yeah. you're likable. People like you. You're outgoing. But, but a lot of people yeah. are just waiting for the other person to make the first exactly. move. Exactly, that's and what it is. And you have the people doing that. Nobody's going to make the first move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, we're almost done with this. We can yeah. wrap it up yeah. real quick. He, the last uh, yeah. page and a half. He goes into uh, basically ministers. Yeah. And they must have a spirit of sacrifice regarding yeah. riches. We know that that this calling on our lives is um, is not so much for the the money that yeah. it pays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's a sensitivity there because I, I feel in my heart, and I think this is where the church can fall into, uh, you know, disrepute. And I think if you're on staff full time, you're hard full time then you should be paid a salary to where you're not robbing Peter to pay Paul or you're not 
you know, living from paycheck to paycheck. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think when you are, um, your wages are such as that, then it's hard to focus on what you're hired for because mm-hmm. now you're trying to figure out then I got bills to pay. Yeah, that's a good we live, point. We live in Hawaii and it's expensive and thus taking into consideration if you're brought on staff full time, then you should be able to be compensated to where you're not <clears throat> struggling um, to make ends meet. I mean, the Bible does say in you know in, in 1 Timothy 5.18 that a, wor- a labor is worthy of his wages. Don't mm-hmm. muzzle the ox. Um, you know, now, granted, you know, sometimes you start a ministry and you're building the church, you have to work two jobs. Sometimes in the ministry, the church never gets to the size to where you can be um, provided for full-time, for like myself in Kentucky, but I was able to balance the two, working and, and being paid by the church. Those things do happen, but when you're brought on, I'm, I'm talking if you're brought on on board full time. I this is just my conviction. I believe the church should be able to um, pay you enough to where you're well compensated, to where you don't have to worry about right, you know, right. about meeting 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 your bills and financial obligations. That's why, you know, you sit down, and you talk with your financial person or administrator. What are your outgo expenses? What 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 um what bills do you have? Mm-hmm. So that way they can see your overall income and knowing whether that's something they can compensate for you to you for but to me it's like that's where struggles happen is when you're not paying a salary that could adequately meet the needs that you have and that's that's troubling but it's not to be confused with the luxury luxurious or lavish no 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 no, no, lifestyle yeah i mean it's i i see that though with yeah. especially today yeah you know with these big mega churches they have these celebrity pastors man and (laughs) <laughs> you go online and you see their 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 net worth and yeah. their salaries yeah. and it's yeah. it's through the roof. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Like he says an elder must not be greedy for a filthy lucre and you know, and you're not to be you know, motivated by desire to get gain. Mm-hmm. Um to me, if you want to get gain, that's doing your own investments. You know, you right. can invest yourself right. outside of what you're getting paid to be mm-hmm. able to save for your retirement or whatever else. But yeah, it, it is, like you said, though, it is a travesty now to see s- how much money some of these men are making and women mm-hmm. in the ministry. And it's it just, you shake your head, like, how they how do they not feel conviction, you know? Well, God, oh, God wow. knows and God yep. sees. He he, yep. he knows whether they're building his kingdom or if they're building their own yep. empire. Yep. And, um, you know, his Bible says, vengeance is mine, I yep. will repay, says the Lord. He, he knows. Yeah, he does. There's coming a time where yeah. we'll all have to have give an account. To give an account. Yep. There you go. Give an account to yep. one day. So anyway, and then uh, I like how we kind of wraps it all yep. up on sixty six. He says ministers' uh, expectations must ever be directed to a crown of glory that fadeth not away. First mm-hmm. Peter five yep. four. Yep. That's where the true reward is. Yep. And it's yep. not. It's not in this life. It's not here on earth. Yeah, we can't hang on to the things of this world. You know, too tightly, because they're they're all gonna they're all gonna burn. They're not they're not they're temporal. Um, we need to hang on to what's important and laying up those spiritual treasures in heaven. Yeah. And you know, making investments in the lives of other people. You know, so that we can be able to give what God has given to us. Give out what we receive from Him, which is the most important thing. So, in, in conclusion, he says at the very end, there's no more practical instrumental instrument will attend ministers in cultivating the gardens of the Lord than self denial. No grace is more Christ-like. No cloak is so becoming to servants in his house. And that's what we've been talking about, you know, just the, the importance of denying ourselves, you know, and 
striving to be more like Christ. And that happens when we're able to just let everything go for his cause and for his glory. Amen. Yeah.